0: welcome back to the magic of the spheres podcast this is sabrina monarch and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution and If you're new here, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. I'm an evolutionary astrologer who writes weekly forecasts at monarchastrology.com. And I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about being on the spiritual path and being on the personal development path and how deeply interconnected those two things are. Now, this podcast has been getting some wings. People are sharing episodes. People are discovering this podcast and I have been primarily speaking to my audience who follows me um, through my website, monarchastrology.com and reads my forecasts and all of that. So if you are new to kind of this channel, and I've got a few channels going at once, um, I really recommend, you know, checking out my website. I do astrology readings. I love to read for you. I teach an astrology intensive to empower you to have a personal relationship with astrology to like really level up, whether you are an astrology student, a total newbie, or even a professional. The course is all levels, and you can learn more about it at monarchastrology.com under the tab that says study. You know, so and there's also the weekly forecast, so go check that out. I would love to connect with you about astrology. Today's guest on this show is Carla Palomino, an embodiment facilitator and dear friend of mine who is devoted to restorative healing practices such as soul crafting, psychosomatic intuitive movement, nature-based rewilding, sacred sexuality, and intimacy arts. Her passions towards these practices has led her to study holistic nutrition, traditional tantra and hatha yoga, contemporary tantra, earth-centric embodiment, intuitive dance, and the feminine mysteries. Carla and I found each other on Instagram and have become friends, and I am so deeply inspired by Carla and have been moved by her work. She is in touch with embodiment practice and invites other people into deeper experiences of their bodies. This has been my experience. And thus, you know, she's passing this spark, this fire. Her events have become a new priority of mine because they're so much fun. They're really, really fun. Um and they're also so life-changing. She's really a gifted guide, and she carries this really impactful wisdom and medicine that's sourced from the depths of her own being. You can tell how much I love her, right? (laughs) And really, when we do this, um, this quality of getting into the depth of our own being and sourcing ourselves from there, we... We end up sharing something that is both very personal, you know, it's our particular channel, if you will, and yet it's also very universal, you know, because we all come from source. So when we tap really deep in, we go beyond ourselves and then we pull it back up and it comes out as a personal expression, but it's connected to something so deep and so vast, right? We light up in our purpose and we participate in the flow of nature, So just like we like to say, you know, a tree knows how to be a tree, but we humans have often have to think about how to be human. Well, when we go within and we really find out who we are and we strike gold inside of ourselves, you know, often through the dark night of the soul, the underworld, you know, the soul has some painful edges to it. Sometimes, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast and we've had some episodes about the soul and dark nights of the soul, and like, that's where the soul is found and made, you know, um, or if you listen to the second episode of this podcast about my spiritual awakening experience and how, you know, that was a deeply soulful dark night of the soul experience as well. Um, so there's, There's edges. It's kind of like in a fairy tale or something about the place where you're not supposed to go. Um, The taboo, you know, the soul is very connected to that. Um, But when we go into this really deep space within ourselves, we are illuminated with a knowing of who we are and we get in touch with our gifts that we're here to share. Being who we are and radiating that outwardly is a way of participating in nature And I think that we go through different discoveries of how to do this here in this incarnation. You know, the path is full of thorns, really. Having an open heart, being engaged in life, doesn't promise that you'll be unscathed in this journey, you know? Being vulnerable, there's something on the line with that, but there's also so much richness and so much to gain, And I think I'll just stop here and let us get into the conversation with Carla and continue thinking about these themes together. Welcome to the show, Carla. I'm so excited to have you here and really feel like this is going to be amazing and groundbreaking in some way. You inspire me so much, and you are an inspiration to so many. Your work is really profound. And as you know, we talk a little bit on this podcast about Uranus and Taurus, and you are a Taurus having a Uranus transit. And I feel like you're really holding this torch of awakening right now. Mm. And I can't wait to hear from you um, in this conversation. So, I guess a good way to start is to ask what's really alive for you right now. And we'll get into introductions too. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Thank you for that introduction, Sabrina. Um, I'm really allowing your words to, to come in, to like allow them to penetrate my heart and my whole being. And it feels really, really good to, to, to be here with you and to share this conversation. Um, what is really alive for me? Hmm. Truthfully, what's really alive for me right now is um, the yielding and anchoring of what responsible power looks like and the responsibility that it takes to live a soulful path in the modern age in a Western country that we live in in a world that is riddled with so much uh, conditioning that we're breaking out of in various ways and to really do that is to hold my multi-dimensionality and to peel back the layers of all that I think that I have been over and over and over again and Bring that forth into the world, weave from that place, excavate, and then walk in the world with the power of having gone in, descending, and then coming back and sharing as my way of being and my offerings and the gifts that want to course through me in the world and the responsibility that comes with that power is really been a big theme.
0: I love this. Um, So... What is it that you are offering right now? What's your business and what brought you onto this path?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so currently what my offering is being named or called is embodiment, guidance, and facilitation. And it's interesting because I've been on a path of Letting go so much of what exactly it is that my niche is, and what exactly, like, you know, trying to articulate it um, down to a teen. Like, of course, there are prevalent themes, but really, what I am offering right now is guidance for people to midwife their own soul through their body and through their connection to earth and their sexuality and just essentially being a guide for them to, to go through their own process. Cause I ultimately feel that it is ourselves that do this work and having potent guides and mirrors and space holders give us the cushioning that we need to anchor in our transformation even more so and to have the necessary reflections that we need as social creatures um, to, to 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 believe in living this way and the importance of that so my current offerings are doing one-on-one work with people and all of it looks very different depending on where the person that comes to me is at some of it it's more based, um, in the realm of womb work and connecting with their sexuality, moving away from, uh, conditioned orientations towards sexuality and coming into their own inner marriage of their masculine and feminine energies and living out their soul in the world and what that means to them. Um, for some people it's, how to live in community um, and move out of isolation and doing that through coming, coming into their bodies. For some people, it's really simple. It's just like, I want to feel my feminine essence. And we do that through sensuality and sexuality and practices and inquiry, writing and art creating. And yeah. So one-on-one work and now I'm offering my first program that I've a group program that I've ever created an embodied mentorship program called unearth your pleasure which is beginning in about four days and I'm really excited to start facilitating to more people there's a really big power that comes with groups is what I'm is what I'm really noticing the power of witnessing the power the power of moving and then being witnessed and seeing your reflection goes back to what i was saying at the beginning um healing happens in community repair happens in connection um so yeah
0: so when we're talking about embodiment what does that mean like what's the difference between being here in a less embodied state and Mm -hmm. being more in your body Mm -hmm. so (laughs) To me,
1: being embodied is being attuned to the inner sensations of my body and the primordial pre-verbal truth of what my body knows, as opposed to um, understanding myself simply from the neck up and understanding myself on the cognitive body plane. And instead through simple movements, simple movements of what shape is my body in, in this present moment and where is the sensation present and what happens when I breathe there and following that thread, right? And then of course, weaving back in the cognitive body to create the meaning that is necessary in order for it to, um, you know have the meaning that it needs to then be lived out but essentially coming back into body wisdom first and foremost and what are like our instinctual knowing that is undeniably felt but that we have been conditioned culturally since we were born to have emotions come up distrust emotions, stuff that down, don't feel that, stop crying. And then we stuff and we stuff and we stuff and we stuff. And we learn that to feel emotion is not safe. We learn that it's not safe to feel. And so our, our spectrum of what we're able to hold in our bodies on a nervous system level gets, um, like narrowed in a way, as opposed to widened. And so embodiment helps me see that emotions are energy in motion. And that they they something comes up, I feel it all the way through, I gesture it through my body, I wear it on my flesh, I give it the I give it the attention that it needs, and then it moves. And through this way, I'm more open, I'm more alive to all that life is while being here in this body at this time.
0: I wish people who are listening could see how you're moving in your body as you speak. You're one of the most expressive people that I know. And um, I like what you were saying earlier, too, about embodiment being how we participate in the world. But there's these layers of embodiment, like there's this primordial body sense. And then that translates to participation. Um, I wonder if you can say more about how being in our bodies and like having an awareness of how to be authentic in our physical bodies has a correlation to how we move about the world outside of us. Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So (laughs) this brings forth some of the tender parts of my own journey through embodiment and for me when i entered into embodiment i had already had years of um dance and yoga and energy medicine and cognitive behavioral therapy i had already been meditation i had already been in various ways connecting with myself, my spirituality, my body, my, all of that. I had already had a background of exploring that and having those, having that perspective, that lens of living life. But when I, when I found my embodiment teacher, Stefana Serafina and started working with her through circle and found this, um, this safe container to actually be with what is—it's so simple. How magical it is to simply be with what is, not from a place of trying to fix it, transmute it immediately, but rather fully feel. That was that was the magic for me. So I came in with. Um, mistrust of my body a a repressed uh, femininity a fear of connection of friendship with other people but it was all very subconscious right it wasn't in my conscious mind I wasn't thinking those things necessarily of oh these are my these are my issues these are the things right it was what I was living in my body and so through coming into my body and allowing the unconscious because the body is the unconscious and manifest form. So coming into what was present and real in my body, these subconscious things came to the surface and I was able to be with them. And I was able to, through that understanding, choose a different pathway healing and transformation happen in the moment. So, you know, oh, wow. I I, I didn't know that I had so much fear of other women and what they were thinking of me. And then as I'm in circle and we're, we're coming closer in together and there's body to body, flesh to flesh touch, I can feel the inside of my body start tingling and feeling like is this safe can i trust can i can i let in this love and then through that in in the in the moment dismantling the structure of how i've been and then creating this new pathway through my body and then becoming oh yeah i am someone who can be in community and show up as an imperfect human with all that i am and and allow love in give love receive love um, yeah that's that's how for me in in action it happens it's it's helped me it's quite literally changed, and is an, a continuing process that i'm it's 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 how i understand myself and how i understand life it's embodiment is the is the thread that weaves it all together for me and so I can have this relational issue I can have this this thing come up incessantly and I can relax into my I can relax or feel the tension in in my body and be present with what my body knows about this particular theme and then come into a discovery that involves emotions and archetypes and rage, maybe, you know, like frustration, whatever is present, and then I can move it and then choose something new. It it helps me cultivate wholeness and simultaneously cultivate a meta-awareness of sovereignty to choose how I show up to life.
0: Beautiful. And for people that feel like more disconnected to their body. How do you start the conversation with your own body if you feel really shut down? Hmm. Yes.
1: (sighs) The first step for someone that I work with who, who you can see it because maybe they're looking up all the time, right? Their eyes are looking up when they're talking. Um, There's maybe not a lot of um, color to the skin or like aliveness. Like you can, you can, you can really feel where people's, as one becomes more embodied, you can really sense what is, what's not being said, what's being translated through the body. We can say a lot of things with technology of language, but, our bodies are doing most of the talking most of the time. And so the way that, the way that one begins is truly by following sensation. So, you know, Oh, I feel sadness. Oh yeah. Like, how do you know you're sad? Where, where do you feel it? Oh, I I feel it. I feel it in my heart. Okay, and when you move your attention there, can you breathe into that sadness? <sighs> and is there a sensation there? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a a crackling. Can you crackle? Can you show me the crackling with your hands? Oh, it's like it's like this. Okay, continue following that. And so breath movement sensation are to me the like the first pillars because sometimes you know embodiment can seem so uh ethereal or what does that even mean or oh to be embodied means that you um can dance really well and can make really fancy movements right but that's it's it's actually That can come with it. It's actually really about being able to be expressive with what is present. And through that, there's an empathy that's cultivated for oneself and for the world. There's an attunement and an empathy, right? And so we begin with ourselves first and foremost. We come back into this process of reparenting ourselves through giving the tender parts of ourselves the attention that they need with our whole curiosity, our whole, like our everything. And we begin to have a dialogue in that way, but not simply through um, our our, our mind, but through sensation, breath, movement, you know? Sometimes in embodiment, my teacher always says this, in embodiment, everything is a dance here. Everything is a dance. Like, like me sitting here and stomping, like doing this, like oh, 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 uh, hitting my, hitting my thighs. That's a dance. And what is in that dance? What am I? What am I hitting? What is in my hands? Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Okay. And also, I really like this concept of conversing with your body about your sensations and sending love there and breath and being curious. And that actually just triggered a, an insight. I don't know what to call it. Um, of remembering that when, that I have some layer of conditioning around if there's a pain in my body, that something is wrong and there's fear, you know, something's wrong. Maybe I need to see a doctor which is not even necessarily my own voice. I have a complex history and relationship with doctors in the Western model. Um, But, you know, that voice from culture, family, society, like, oh, you should see the doctor and then do this really invasive thing to fix it when certain sensations might actually change if you send breath to them. And so, you know, this is just... thought that I'm forming right now so there may be qualities to it that are half-baked but what I'm feeling from it is this sense that there's a fear or restriction around feeling certain things because if something is wrong in the body something's wrong so let's not even look at it and what would happen you know and when it comes to emotions and the mental cognitive level if I'm having a thought I'm pretty well versed in witnessing the thought conversing with it if I notice that I'm feeling upset, talking with myself about it. But the body layer is not something that I hear people talking about all the time, and nor do I have a very solid practice of doing that. But when I meet people who speak of this, it illuminates something in me because I know that it's possible, and I try it out, and I have this very different experience. So the act of facilitating embodiment is something that feels so important to me, just as someone who's more like cognitively or spiritually kind of practiced in what I'm working with, you know? Yes,
1: yes, I, I completely hear you. You know, it's many, many things came through as you were speaking, but it really is. Um, it really is. This is this coming back to our body holds it all our bodies are like as human beings we are intrinsically connected to a much bigger web and connected to one another like a mycelium and we are made of 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 earth and of and of, and of life itself we are microcosmic earth and earth is the macrocosm and there is an intelligence on this planet, on earth, of, 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 of rains, uh, of raining, of, of storms, of earthquakes, of like all of these, all of these like chaotic, you know, things that happened. And, you know, we too are that way. This is something that um, a teacher of mine, Bernadette, peasants talks about which is like if we can come back into our bodies through looking at looking going out into like some earthscape and seeing all whether that's even a city actually or the forest and and seeing all of the movement and seeing all of like what happens there we are reflected in that way like we are we're allowed to be um, storms, We're allowed to be all, all of it. We just believe that there's some, there's some sort of belief that we've inherited that we need to be poised in a particular way. We inhabit the cultural body and the cultural norms. And so we hold ourselves in a way based off of what is habitual for the culture. And we receive our nurturing through the culture of of what's allowed and what's not allowed and what's what feels like too much we want to put we want to put a containment to someone crying right so someone cries and immediately someone wants to bring over um tissues and wants to put some you know want like i know that it's from doing it from care but ultimately what that message is conveying is it's not okay to feel it's not okay to go there and i think that the not being okay to go there represses it and makes it stagnant and then you know creates psychosomatic symptoms hmm. in the body and then we and then it becomes a much bigger problem as opposed to if we could initially actually just because I think some people get afraid of, oh well, if I start to feel emotions, then a huge well of emotion will come through. Uh-huh. Because that's true initially. Like, yeah, when we've you've been taught to not feel for such a long time, when you begin to when you open the Pandora's box and you begin to feel, there's gonna be so much stuff that's been there and not felt for a long time, but with the proper tools and the proper care. To be able to feel that and move through that, then you then you strengthen the toolkit for when stuff comes up. You can you can grieve it in the moment. You can you, you can feel your rage and you can you know how to work with it, and so you become less afraid of it. It becomes less shadowy and um, hurting towards yourself or other people. And it's just okay. Like, it's just actually okay to fully unleash. And it's, emotions are taboo. They're edgy for so many of us.
0: And I see it as a cultural symptom. That's wise. Very true. Um, I want to bring this back to power and what you were saying earlier about integrity with power how do you feel um the embodiment work translates to power like in what ways Hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and also in what other ways are you thinking about power right now (sighs) yeah so first it's like what is
1: power right we have been
0: trying to define this yeah Yeah.
1: this it's something that i've been really that i've been really sitting with um because i feel that there are some ideas that power is more of a of a of a masculine alpha force a young energy a uh like a like a some sort of forcefulness some sort of um you know i think of the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell and the, you know, the coming out, like, yes, like, like going, going, going through all these sorts of um, rites of passages and then getting to the other side. And then, you know, being like being at the top, like that's what power is. Right. And so I think that's part of the cultural idea. And for me, interestingly enough, what's been coming through when I'm feeling into what power is, it's actually deep listening to my body and staying authentic to what is true in the moment and living from that place which means that sometimes sometimes there's this yes there's there's an outwardness and that can be that and that's truth right and sometimes there is there's deep inwardness and a descent of going into my own personal underworld and being in the actually uh the void space which is can be very uncomfortable for a lot of us it's i think another thing that we've been taught to fear that's a little bit more identity less and that actually that is power too and to not and to take away this duality of good and bad and powerful, not powerful. And to peel it back and actually for, for me, recognizing that power is when I am being in true transparency and authenticity with my body and what my body knows and needs and listening to that first and foremost over any of anything else and how that creates a system of integrity within my own self and through keep through having that integrity of listening to my body wisdom that gives me power that is that is that is my power in embodied form and because in that there's a deep connection to self and a marriage to, to oneself through body and soul and body being the house of soul. And, and, and then, and then we, we know, we know what we stand for. We know what our boundaries are. We know we have, we're attuned to when something doesn't feel right and are able to name it and are able to be with the discomfort that may come from, people who are not living from that place or not yet on their journey and 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 holding like being anchored in from
0: an internal place yeah okay i have so much that's coming through about that um the authenticity as power is a really interesting definition. Mm-hmm. And I think about power a lot because of Pluto mm-hmm. and Scorpio mm-hmm. and different types of power, like power over um, mm-hmm. versus true power. Because I think that power over should have a different name. Absolutely. Because you know? it makes there's this complex that all people have where they don't want to own their power because they associate power with abuse. Mm-hmm and it's not so thank you for naming this I want to say something to that soon yeah yeah and so being in our power there's actually what you were stating here of knowing your boundaries because you know yourself so well that you can know it doesn't feel right and act accordingly and say what your needs are in situations I think that the more power we actually have the less we need to be manipulative or coercive absolutely
1: absolutely you know I think in the collective field right now, there's there's a lot of emphasis on um, there's a lot of emphasis on trauma, which is so important, right? It's so important for us to bring that into the field and to understand it, what trauma is, what it comes from, what it like where it comes from. how how, what it really means how it shows up differently for everyone how what could be traumatic to one person could not be traumatic to another and through that what i'm noticing is um a lot of people holding back what's true for themselves because of fear of disturbing and offending and making other people uncomfortable and when I tune into this, I don't want to live in a world where we're tiptoeing around each other and holding back what is what whats what is what what is true for oneself which may which other people may not like because of fear of um, of offending and i I see that in myself truly where yeah, I'm speaking to this from my own experience because of my own coming to terms with the more that I own, the more that I put my sword in the sand and own who I am, I'm going to be met with more attraction from people who resonate with that and repelling and being okay with that. Like actually just really, really trusting that order and and being willing to, to To hold my power inside of me and understanding that, you know, whether whether or not like it's challenging for other people, it's true for me, and I can only I can only live from that place. So true. Because anything else is just, is just me, shape shifting in order to. F- to, to be what I believe will be more neutral, more easy to digest. Um, and I think that honestly, some of us, some of us carry something within our systems that th- puts us more on the front lines of being edge walkers and of, of, of living with a particular um, vulnerability and saying of, Of things that need to be said. And I know for me, I've I've always been very attracted to people who really embodied that, but have felt my own frozenness and wow, I really, I really respect that. Like it just, it's just clarity. It's just clarity. And I really respect that. And I want to embody that more. Right. And so dismantling the ideas of I can't, I can't be that, you know, because I freeze or because I'm afraid to miss out on love is really what it comes back to at its core. Right. When I really peel back everything, it's like, oh, I'm afraid that if I actually um, stand for what I stand for, say, say how I really feel, bear my vulnerability, that I'm not going to be loved. And what's been proven is actually the complete opposite that when I actually do reveal my vulnerability, when I actually do say my truth and speak that on an interpersonal level or on a broader scale, I'm actually being seen and loved for who I really am.
0: Therein lies the vulnerability. You know, what you're saying too, um, I love all of this, I love the edge walker word. I love um, this realization that when we're just ourselves, that it actually is very magnetic, both attractive and repulsive, and to just allow in the consequences of truly being ourselves. Because otherwise, we are shape-shifting and spending all this energy to maintain lies, basically, and we're not getting... As nurtured by our lives, because we're trying to maintain these fragile things that, you know, would break if we were just ourselves and we're not allowing ourselves to truly be met. And so the coming out process, and I really do feel like it's a coming out process because Hmm. many people will find themselves entangled in a social web of connections that have been built in states where they were less conscious. We come into this life, you know, as one of the previous. Um, guests here, Ari, was saying that we come into this life with a predominantly unconscious reality. We're infants. And so we grow and we have these webs of activity around us that we didn't necessarily consciously sign up for all of it. And so the day eventually comes where we, the internal knowledge of self begins to want to burst through this shell of you know, whoever we've been. And people get so scared to come out. They're worried about being thought of as weird or being rejected by their family or their friends. And the more people that do come out, so to say, and are just themselves, and I think social media is an amazing place for this. You know, social media can be a place where we, are not authentic and we're sharing an image. Social media can be a place though, where we're sharing our actual selves and meeting people all over the world who resonate with our actual selves. Mm. And it's just something that I so commonly hear from people where it's like they have, they want the courage to step forth. Um, I'm curious what you would have to say for people that are on the precipice of being more authentic, coming from a place where as soon as they do start to come out, there's going to be some ripples, right? And people coming and going. Yes. Yes.
1: (sighs) Cultivate a loving relationship with your emptiness just as much as your fullness. Cultivate the meta-awareness of holding all of the nuances and the the loneliness that can come with walking that path. Um, That's been my biggest medicine to be honest is is becoming very prayerful in in why like what is the why right and so getting out of the way sticky like being devoted to this as a way of being every single day which means confronting my humanness that wants connection, wants wants love, right? And confronting that. And then also through that, connecting with what wants to move through me and being of service, right? Mm -hmm. Is ultimately really being authentically ourselves. When we are authentically ourselves, we are being of service to the world. And what I mean by the meta awareness is it's not about you like it it can like we can live in such a solipsistic world that's just i-based i my gain me at the top my whatever and truly for me it is only when i come back into the humility of why and being beyond carla palomino like really it's 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 soul is not about me what i'm doing is not about me it is for something so much bigger. And that is, that's, that's, that's what it really, yeah, that's the medicine that really gets to me. When I, you know, stepping into facilitation, stepping into doing this work, stepping into sharing myself, um was all just like, it's, it's not, it's not me. And I think that we have believed a lot of lies about who we are and the process is about unbecoming continuously because it's not a linear road. It is a spiral dance of there will be continuous deaths and rebirths that happen through your evolution and a deepening of the onion. Right. And it's beautiful. And so allowing um, also even the idea of what authenticity is to kind of like dismantle too. And, and, and staying mysterious to your own self, staying in curiosity to who you are consistently and allowing yourself to be surprised is I think really important. And, you know, with what you were saying, I, I want to name that who came to mind is Bill Plotkin, who is, um, who's a nature guide and, depth psychologist he's so amazing and I've read a lot of his work and it's influenced me a lot and I read his book Soulcraft during a time of a dark night of the soul where I spent the good amount of a year right when I had been introduced to embodiment work of feeling like I am just dying I am just continuously dying and dying and dying and dying and Feeling all of this pain and going back into the womb and all these liminal spaces and, and kind of like being reformed in, in the chrysalis, you know, that phase of the butterfly, um, which I think is a place that we come back to, you know, again. But I think the first time that we encounter it, it is really like, wow, I, I can name my loyal soldier, My loyal soldier has actually this particular shape in the body. My loyal soldier. Loyal soldier is. Is the loyal soldier is the the perpetrator. The blockage. The one that when we are at the border between visionary reality and physical reality. Comes in and is like, nah, you can't. It's the voice, it's the pattern that holds up the structure of what you know to be truth about yourself and how you exist in the world. And so, understanding that this loyal soldier has had its place in our life, you know, for me, it was um, my loyal soldier looks like being really afraid of being in community, being really afraid of showing showing my sensitivity and the fact that I can't do it all alone and asking for help in community. And it's a loyal soldier that I'm still working with of um, saying, hey, like I, like this is how, this is my imperfection, you know? Um, and in other forms as well. But essentially, understanding the loyal soldier and its place, but that the loyal soldier is, is, is like only through making peace with it is how we're going to be able to continuously get on the other side of what's possible for us.
0: Right. And thinking, I think I remember reading about this and it's like thanking the loyal soldier for their service. Yes. So that they're honored properly. Yes. And then letting them like go basically or like change ch- and change forms you know yeah. I think it's I think it's it's yeah change forms is better because I was like what yeah. happens to the? It just sounds like kind of sad to just like let the soldier go it's like what is it just allowing it to to change forms
1: and yeah. to still just to, to coexist because and this is why this brings everything back to embodiment for me you know it's it's being able to hold the the paradoxes of myself all at the same time, you know? And that, and like the loyal soldier can be here and so can my badass visionary who is ready to say it how it is and ready to, to shine in this particular way. And it doesn't mean I just kill off the soldier. It just means that the loyal soldier is not running... My car is not in the driver's seat of my vehicle. And that, and, and we do this through making peace with it.
0: So I want to ask you if you, I mean, you are a visionary. So if you were to think about the future of our world, what is it that you would like to see? <sighs>
1: Oh, I love this question. I would love to see truly more expression, more expression of self, more village and allyship Mm -hmm. and counsel. Um, restorative justice to when a hiccup hiccup comes up in the community with someone, as opposed to throwing them out of the community, writing them off as wrong, and staying in the shadow of what is the gift that is happening for everyone. To be able to call in, I want more call in culture. I want less um, they versus us, less of this like um, projection. Mm-hmm. and more, yeah, more expression, more truth, less um, less tiptoeing, less tiptoeing around each other. That's like all very broad, you know, but sex positivity too. Sex positivity is something really, really big. I want to live in a world where we can honor and hold reverence for the power of sexuality and sexuality as this creative life force energy that we were created from, that we are, that guides everything that we do. And to, to create opportunities to heal our relationship with it and to actually create a way to come up with sex positive orientations through sexual to sexuality. And I believe that through that there would be less um, you know, dark forces of 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 rape and assault and shadowy sides of what happens when one's sexuality is so fractured and wounded and yeah, just
0: a more emotional intelligence. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, we haven't talked much about sexuality, but I would love to. Yeah, let's do it. Um, how do we start? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> at the same time, at the same time,
1: both of our mouths open. <laughs> what were you thinking? <sighs> I have I have a piece. I just forgot it. Okay, okay. So maybe maybe I'll talk a little bit about my current understand my current place with sexuality and how I'm excited to be guiding people through theirs. Does that feel good?
0: Yeah, and I just remembered mine too. Ooh, but we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: I so I have a I have a history of um, womb reproductive health issues so through my menstrual cycle, through polycystic ovarian syndrome, through endometriosis and having really, really intense period pain since the first time that I got my period at 11 years old. And essentially have been on this um, healing path through my sexuality and through, through coming into um, dismantling my idea of what it means to be a sexual person and learning to love my sexuality in its true raw form. Which has been a whole journey that's been changing a lot, especially in the last six months of my life, um, as I've been exploring sexually with myself, like as the as the main as my main relationship. Um, where I'm at with it currently is that I'm very I'm very passionate about the the subtleties that arise through being at low arousal arousal states and um and being really in the energetics of sexuality and this is coming from before that for the first time um being so excited about experiencing orgasms in different parts of my body like my heart and having more peak experiences and and uh ejaculation female ejaculation and being like wow this is so amazing right and exploring all of these realms that i had never explored before and then now coming back into um being so innately connected with my sexuality as a way of being in the world and and circulating it through my own body and how how tender how tender it is like how how connect how to connect my sexual energy with my heart and what happens through that union simply from bringing my sexual energy when I'm feeling a lot in my sex center in my genital space and then bringing it up into my heart and kind of using it as this self for um for for parts that need attention and mm. being there for as long as possible and yeah it's so powerful it's so 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 powerful
0: it is I love that Yeah, the thing that was coming to mind for me was similar to the power about how expansive our sexuality is and that there's a, um, and I'm saying our like people in general, um, but that culturally, the way that we talk about it, you know, there's this very small vision of it or this very truncated or this very particular vision of it. And there's this book, I think it's something called like Aphrodite's Daughters, but a friend gave it to me. And it's all these women telling about their um, really expansive, transformative sexual experiences. And, you know, I think that it it could be for anyone Um But specifically the book was focusing on women and how like there's this like deep spiritual experience that happens from connecting to our sexuality. And when people touch this space, I think that it truly changes them. Like it's this big awakener. Like we start to see how conditioned we are and how conditioned the world around us is. And we gain these kind of like visionary or peak and even in those, like, more subtle places, the low arousal, like, there's a, a magic that's really coming through in that space. And it's, like, the word free just came to mind, which is funny. Like, I don't know why that's what's coming to mind. But I think what I mean by that is that it's innate. It's here. And that we're sold, essentially, this vision of all these other things that we need when we actually have this immense power source inside of us and learning how to circulate it learning how to do self-healing like how to build a beautiful relationship with ourselves too from which we interact with the rest of the world and other people like that's all there within sexuality and so I feel that kind of like passion about it where it's like this is really magical and really important it's so important
1: yeah yeah i mean every a yes to everything that you're saying it's it's really what i really hear you saying is bridging the union coming back into the union between our sexuality and our spirituality and how they're actually one in the same thing like they are truly at its core they are not separate the erotic is holy and and are you know the fact that in order to create life, s- sex happens, right? Like this, this union happens in the body and then life is created through it, right? It's like how, how in the world through religion and through puritanical belief systems did something so precious get so distorted like it got so distorted in our and our ideas of it and our really our fear of its power and its potency made it so that there are these underlying currents even today to this day through even uh liberated people and spiritual people that creates a sort of sex negative that can't be trusted and it brings me back to power right like that can't be trusted um this yeah just this distortion of 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 what is possible through when like through coming into contact with their sexuality from a place that is not conditioned by um pornography honestly and th- by by you know hypersexualization through billboards and through what we receive through media and then the mixed messages that we get through then having these um Yeah. Having all of this shame around sexuality. It's like, we hold, we, we live, we live between these two like really extreme places, right? Hypersexualization, complete cultural shame and repression. The Madonna
0: whore thing. The
1: Madonna whore complex. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah, this is really big for me as someone who walks in the world with, um, a cultivated sex positive outlook that is that has been shamed in so many ways. It's it's the Lilith wound. It is the Lilith wound. It is the refresh the repressed feminine energies, like sexual energy, wild, untamed energy that we fear because we fear that other people can't hold it responsibly, that we can't hold it responsibly. And so when we see someone that actually is moving about the world, anchored in their sexuality, it's, it's, it completely disorients us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what's beautiful too, you know, this ties back to what you were saying about responsibility and power, because I really do see the way that you hold your practice and talk about what you're doing. Like you have so much integrity and so much responsibility with it. and, you invite other people into their own power. I see you do that all the time through everything that you do and the way that you interact with people. And that is really important. Like the modeling that you're doing of that is teaching and of itself, you know, and it's interesting too, when we experience something that we think is so profound and so precious and so sacred, it, inspires this really noble part of us that wants to really honor that. I really feel that. Yes. I felt that with astrology, like when I was first, you know, realizing the depth of how profound it is, I wanted to speak of it in such a way that communicated that I didn't want to, you know, like some people make astrology memes and that's fine, but I really wanted to portray astrology as this very serious thing. I love that you're naming this.
1: I think that it's something about sex, astrology, the mystical, the taboo which taboo really means sacred it's it's when we have an embodied experience, not just something that we read which someone said or you know that can feel dogmatic but actually when we have a living experience about how powerful, it is and how transformative it's been for us we carry the duty to then translate that out into the world with as much truth as possible and people people will resonate people who are ready for the message will come you know and so i want to authentically name that um, living in the world with this sort of, um, undeniable like attraction towards talking about sexuality has not been easy. It's not been, um, this is just who I am, take it or leave it. No, like I, I care because I care that I'm able to translate and you know really yeah really translate what this is for me like why when I am in self-pleasure and I'm outside and I'm out in nature and I'm looking at the trees and I'm like starting to cry like I'm looking at the trees and I'm self-pleasuring myself and I feel source energy like coursing through my whole body and I feel my sexuality my connection to earth my wild nature, my whole being just come alive in this way where I'm like, wow, I like my sex is a portal to everything that is. And it can just, it can just be so cheapened and so taken away from what the true, from what the truth is because of fear. And yeah, it feels like a really sacred duty for me.
0: Oh, I'm touched. I was feeling chills moving through my spine and heart.
1: And and what and how much of a how much that has been the healing balm for my sexual trauma, right? Like sexual trauma that I experienced, that my mother experienced, that my mother's mother experienced, and this whole lineage, and not, not just through my own lineage and my own body, but the collective body of what we've experienced of having our bodies and having something so precious, be so tainted and how actually not through fearing it, but through going back in through that portal is where the healing happens, Mm. not fearing it, writing it off and not, you know, it's, it's like we, we have to cultivate the courage to go to these places. It's, essential for survival.
0: <laughs> wow. Yes. Um, you know what you're saying to like having tools, having practices that guide this are so important. Like I feel, um, You know, the sex education that's happening on the internet right now, like, you know, it didn't really come through in school or society, but there's like social media, Tantra people, or embodiment people who are sharing that. And that's actually information that is helping the species survive. Yes, yes. And I'm very, I'm very excited to see so much uh,
1: education around, around like new sex education and the sex positivity. And I would love to see more acceptance of the subtleties of sexuality, Mm -hmm. which I think can be a little bit more like I'm like feeling my own, like, Oh, you know, it's, but it's, it's so true. Like, cause we, we we're only touching one tiny fraction of sexuality if we're just focusing on, um, sex techniques, for example, or like how to achieve better orgasms. It's like there's so much and there's so much that I'm still exploring and learning every day. And yeah. Yeah, it's full spectrum.
0: Well, you posted um something on, you know, I love your Instagram, by the way. Um mm-hmm. we'll say what that is. I guess we can say it now. We'll say it again at the end. Mm-hmm. It's your username is? My username is Carla with
1: a K, K-A-R-L-A, last name Palomino, P-A-L-O-M-I-N-O, and two underscores.
0: Okay. I knew there was some underscore thing going on in there. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have said it. Yeah. So um, you post, like speaking of Edgewalker, like what you're sharing... Um, on social media is like very up for you like you're sharing something that's very authentically coming through and so I'm riveted by what you write and you wrote something about like self pleasuring and I was so inspired reading that because it was like there are these amazing like frontiers of discovery and like amazing potentials within self pleasuring It, at this point, is somewhat off-brand for me to talk about that when I consider myself in the box of being an astrologer. And at the same time, self-pleasuring is really important. And I think, like, if I let myself expand my brand or my communication to talk more about, you know, because that's actually, I think it's super important. I think it's magical to have this really deep connection with yourself that empowers you to go about the worlds differently that day. And you're not dependent upon like a partner if you're single, or even if you're partnered, it's like you have this like integrity of sexual connection with yourself. Like that is amazing. And I just think that, seeing you share that and seeing you like talk about things as openly and honestly as you do has re-inspired me in terms of how I want to show up on the internet you know because like coming out as an astrologer was a huge leap it was a huge deal and that has settled for me where it's really like not an edge for me to be an astrologer. It's not an edge at all to tell people I'm an astrologer or talk about astrology. And so continually finding those edges and you've talked to me about this of like continuing to play with those edges in your expression is really important. Yes, yes, yes. I love what you're saying. So vulnerability
1: is... What's vulnerable for someone could not be vulnerable for another. So to be an edge walker, it means we are confronting our vulnerability and our edges continuously. It is, um, it's like, okay, you know, I've been, I'm comfortable with this at this point. That's not, that's not a big deal. I can, you know, you can write about it, you can post about it. And it's who it's, it's, it's now weaved into who you are and The beauty of being an evolutionary, multidimensional human is that, and when we're committed to this path of discovery, is that there, there's more to learn. There's more to integrate. There's more, um, you know, room in the shoe to fit. And that really excites me, honestly, because, you know, at this current place in my life, I am... In such a trial and error and experimentation and um no bounds like really opening up so much and there's my mind will come in and ask like is is it always just gonna be like this like is this just part of my path you know like being part being in Scorpio you know in the eighth house and, and feeling having so much of this is like wow like I can't not you know But there's titration as well. There's times when there's big, there's big contractions and there's time when there is more, more, um, expansions and contractions. And we're just kind of titrating to that. But what I encourage and what I embody is face your fears, like face what calls to you truly calls to you. Like is you know, as much as you're seeking it, it's also seeking you, you know, when we have desire, it a is two way street. It's not just, I'm desiring this, I'm desiring to be this in the world. It's that is also seeking me that wants me to live it, to be it. And so when I hear you speak, I'm, I'm filled with excitement of what's to come and what is a new edge for you to step into. And Yeah, yeah, there's a beauty to that,
0: you know, and too, like for the record, like I love being an astrologer and saying that it's not an edge for me doesn't mean that I've lost the spark or the passion with it. Like that's a fire that I'll continue to tend because I'm deeply called, but the edge work is like expanding my sense of self continually and then sharing that too, you know, it was and so. I feel like ever since I've met you and interacted with what you embody, like literally embody, and the work that you share, I've had this spark of more desire to understand like embodiment and to feel more expressive in my body and to have more embodied days, you know? Like, cause I do a lot of um, like writing and all of that, and I love that. But there are certain days where it's just like, hiking and yoga and swimming or there's like multiple body activities in one day and I literally feel like the most supreme content and ecstasy from doing that and to think like what how could I design that into my life more and bring that into moments subtly that aren't even like out doing something well that's exactly what I was going to say
1: you know it's not about just going to an embodiment class or even like a doing a series of embodiment classes. Um, and then, okay, you know, okay, I'm there in the class, I'm deeply embodied, and then I go home and I'm just like, whatever, you know? <laughs> it's, it's weaving that into whatever it is that we're doing. When I'm writing, I'm embodied. When I'm in this moment, I'm here and I'm like, okay, I'm here and my tummy is like, and I'm feeling different parts of my body alive as I'm speaking, right? Embodiment to me is a way of being. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're constantly hiking, you know, you're yes, you're in practice with your body, you're in conversation with your body, and you're putting yourself in places and positions to um to exercise that muscle. And in whatever way that is, whether it's dance or just like subtle, like just like even taking 10 minutes to just do authentic movement, right? Um, but then you're 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 truly starting to weave that as a language and as a way that you view life, which is what does my body know about this? What does my body know about this as we're writing, as we're just living life?
0: I love it, yeah. So are there any other things that you feel are really alive and that you want to share with whoever's listening? (sighs) Hmm.
1: Hmm. Let me feel into my body there. What feels true is that I want to share with whoever's listening is The story you tell yourself is the life that you live. So you get to choose your story. You have, your soul is seeking you as much as you are seeking it. And so be in the practice of allowing soul to move through you through sweet small steps truly it's it's small choices that you make in your life create because art is the medium which soul expresses itself and just just trust just trust in in your life's path. And when you do, everything will start to piece itself and sort out, and there will be stripping away, and you have the strength and the ability to hold it.
0: Yeah. Gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah. So, Carla, how can people find you and work with you? Hmm. So, you can find me at
1: carlapalomino.com, uh, K A R L A P A L O M I N O.com. And you can subscribe to my newsletter, and you can find me on Instagram uh, at carlapalomino.com, two underscores and send me send me a message i weave community and that's very important to me through the online web to create more global union and yeah you can send me a message and we can talk thank you carla thank you so much sabrina for having me here my pleasure Mm.
0: Did you love this episode? If you've been listening to this podcast for a bit, I would love to read your review on iTunes or Apple podcasts. If you rate and review the show and take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it over to me at, Sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll take down your email and I'll be sending out a free gift to reviewers Um, to thank you for reviewing the podcast once that gift is ready. I am working on it. It is coming along, I promise, um, and it will be something to help you tune in with your higher self. As I record this outro, I am on the eve of a travel day. I'm going to be traveling to Minneapolis tomorrow um, to present on the Grand Fixed Cross of the Zodiac, um, a lecture and workshop and... I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the honor of having been invited to speak and um, traveling to share this workshop. I'm excited to see some friends. I'm excited to meet new people. I'm excited for this whole experience. And I, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm in my room and I cleaned it a little bit and made the bed with fresh sheets so that I have something nice to come back home to that's one of my little travel rituals as a jupiter and virgo person is to try to do things on my to-do list or tie up loose ends or clean or just do something um to come back um home to and inevitably you know there's that like when you're leaving for travel it feels like there's so much to do and you know and This has been a really busy, dynamic time period in my life in general and a lot of good and a lot of exciting stuff um, and a lot to do. And I'm just feeling really happy and really deeply grateful um, for all of it. So thank you for listening to this podcast and I will catch you next time.